0: Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama, teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship, and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi, guys. I hope everyone's had a great week this week. And in this episode, I really want us to talk about a question that my clients often bring up during sessions. And that's the question of, do they care enough? (laughs) And our brains often fixate and spiral on this question, looking for some kind of definitive answer. And I want to start this by saying that, of course, it's totally normal to want to be with people that care about us. We're humans, we're wired for connection, and enjoying mutually caring relationships is something that I believe to be one of the biggest gifts we have as humans. But the reason we anxiously get stuck on this question and spend ages debating it is for a whole other reason, which I really want us to dig into in this episode. So here we go. Most of us are subconsciously operating from a belief that we aren't good enough or worth caring about in some way. Even if we're not consciously aware of that thought, of that belief, our brains are subconsciously comparing us to others and trying to work out if we're acceptable and worthy, if we're okay. So we're constantly scanning for evidence that people don't care about us, don't care enough about us, because our brains will always look for the evidence to prove their subconscious beliefs and fears true. So your brain may be on red alert for evidence that you're not worth caring about. Maybe you've even had situations when you were a child that perpetuated this fear, which makes your brain even more likely to be hypervigilant. But constantly debating the question, do they care enough? can actually cause a lot of unnecessary drama and problems in our relationships because we end up seeing situations through this lens of lack, of not enoughness. Because we're directing our brains to look out for ways they aren't showing they care instead of how they are, that is exactly what our brain focuses on. We end up focusing on all the things they could have done but didn't like when they didn't offer us a lift somewhere or they didn't think to make us a drink when they went into the kitchen or when they forgot to call us back. If we're filtering situations through the lens of they don't care enough, you'd be surprised at how many innocent actions can be tainted and misinterpreted. Our brain's knee-jerk reaction becomes to assume that they don't care instead of considering what else might be going on for them in that moment. Are they busy or distracted by something? Have they got things going on in their own lives? Do they just not like texting and calling as much as we do? And not only are we making knee-jerk judgments and assumptions, but we're filtering out and ignoring all the things they are doing that show us that they care. I remember coaching someone who wished her partner would bring her coffee on his way home from work and she made him not doing that mean that he didn't care enough about her. She was both, one, assuming that action was a reflection of his care for her, instead of perhaps his memory capacity or his desire to get home after a day at work. And two, missing out on all the evidence and all the ways that he did show that he really cared about her. When we asked that question, do they care enough? it presupposes there's even a way to measure that. That there's a set quantity of caring that is enough and that there's a way to measure and judge this. That there's set ways that people should show that they care, that we can tick off on a form <laughs> and then feel assured that they have passed the test and care enough. But someone could text you good night and good morning every single day and not really care that much about you and be doing it from a place of obligation. Someone can call you once a month and really love and care about you. Someone can forget to get you coffee and think you're the most important person in the planet to them. Care and love is also an emotion that isn't permanent and switched on all day, every day. So you're probably listening to this podcast and not feeling an overwhelming feeling of love and care for your parents, for example because you're probably not thinking about them right now. It doesn't mean you don't care about them. It just means your brain is currently having thoughts and feelings about other things in your life. Maybe this podcast episode, maybe your partner. Somebody can care about you and love you and not constantly be thinking and feeling those emotions in their body all day long for you. If they did, they probably wouldn't get anything else done. (laughs) And the truth is, we actually never know what somebody is thinking and feeling or how much they care. We can't take them and hook them up to a care detector and get a good reading on the levels and decide if they're satisfactory or not. We can actually never know. So instead, I want to invite you to consider what you're making their level of care mean about you. If we ran a scan on their brain and we discovered that they didn't have a certain amount of caring thoughts and feelings and that they were below average, whatever the average was determined to be, what would that mean about you as a person? If right now it means you're unlovable or not likable enough or fun enough or good enough or smart enough or whatever enough it is, that is where you really need to focus your thought work because while you're making their perceived emotions for you a guide to how you get to feel about you, your brain is constantly going to be trying to monitor and decipher how much they care about you. It's like your brain's own made-up self-worth currency. (laughs) It's like you can check the stock market. How worthy am I today? Oh, I can just check how much this person appears to care about me, (laughs) what they've done for me today. So question that. Question those thoughts. If this person isn't always having certain caring thoughts about you that you wish they'd have, then what? Why am I making that a reflection of me? And how am I actually not being very caring about me and loving towards me when I do that? How am I the one doubting my lovability and my worth right now? We also want to keep challenging our brains' interpretations of other people's behaviour, And this is a drum that I love to bang all day long, especially on Instagram. We often assume that how we show we care is how other people should show that they care. And then we interpret their behavior to mean that they don't. I did this a lot in my friendships. I was a huge texter. I'm not as much anymore. But I used to really believe that if somebody didn't text me every week or throughout the week, then they didn't care about me very much. Because my brain had assumed the rule of when I care about a friend, I text them regularly and then made up the parameters of what regular was (laughs) and assumed that because that was the way I did it, that was the way that everyone else should do it too. And then when I formed friendships with people who weren't big texters, I made it mean they didn't care about me. But people have completely different brains to us. And just because when we care or we behave in a certain way, doesn't mean that that's how they will. Ask yourself, do they show they care in ways my brain isn't considering? What might be going on for them that my brain is internalizing and making about me? Could they care about me and just not be showing it in the way I personally show I care? I really want to point out here how, when we believe that their behavior creates our feelings and that in order to feel valuable and worth caring about, that they need to show us that they care, we end up with a very long list of how we want them to behave and the things we want and need them to do. We think in order to feel loved, they need to be feeling love and act out that emotion in the way that we want them to. (laughs) Not in the way that they prefer to act out love, in the way we would prefer them to act out love. (laughs) But think about it. People are feeling a lot of love and acting out that emotion towards people all over the world. And some of those people are not feeling love back. They're feeling awkward and embarrassed or just irritated (laughs) by that person's signs of affection because they don't have the same thoughts creating love for them back. It's their own thoughts that create their own emotions. We don't feel other people's care and love for us in our bodies the love they feel doesn't jump into our bodies. It's an emotion that's in their body. We actually don't feel it at all. We only feel the love and the emotions created in our bodies by our own brains, our love, or our anxiety, or our anger, or our happiness. We feel our own emotions, not other people's. If you haven't already, I definitely recommend listening to my podcast episode on manuals and our expectations of others. It's episode seven called Wishing You Could Change Their Behaviour. It talks about how we often make other people responsible for how we feel and then we want to control their behaviour so that we can feel okay. We make other people responsible for us feeling valuable and worth caring about and then we want to control them so that we can feel and believe that about ourselves. But it's important we understand that them not showing us care in the way we'd like them to does not make us feel less than or not valuable. It's what we make that mean about us that makes us feel that way. We make them not inviting us somewhere mean that they don't like us and that mean that we're not fun or likeable. We make them wanting some alone time mean that they don't like hanging out with us and that again, that there's something wrong with us, that we're not good enough. And then we blame them for it and we resent them for making us feel bad. And this is why challenging our interpretations is so important. Can someone want alone time and still like hanging out with you? Can someone not have invited you somewhere and still like you and find you fun? Where are you making assumptions that prove your anxious brain and its fearful thoughts correct rather than taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture? considering what else might be going on for them in their brain and understanding that regardless of what's going on in their brain, regardless of what they're thinking, feeling or doing, even if they aren't feeling very caring towards us, even if they are intentionally wanting to reject us on some level, we can still believe we're valuable, fun, worthy, smart, good enough people, whatever it is. can still believe you are valuable and worthy. And then, instead of debating whether this person's level of care is enough, we could also simply ask ourselves if this behaviour is a match for what we're looking for. For example, if you're looking for a serious commitment with somebody who wants to only date you and see you multiple times a week, Dating someone who wants to see you once every two weeks at short notice while also dating other people is not going to be a match. If you want a friend who hangs out with you once a month but this person only has time to see you or wants to make time to see you once every six months, you can totally enjoy that friendship for what it is or not, the choice is yours. You can find a friend who wants more regular meetups instead. This is where really believing that we are worthy and valuable is so important because often if we don't believe that we are worthy of the kinds of relationships we want, that's when we end up being in relationships where we're not actually having the dynamic or the treatment that we really want to be having. I've seen some of my clients stay in relationships where they aren't being treated in kind, caring ways because they don't believe that they deserve that and are worthy of having that. And they make the person's behavior and actions mean something about their worth and value and be a reflection of them. Instead of seeing it as a reflection of the other person and their brain and their ability to think, feel, and act in certain ways, a reflection of their upbringing, of their beliefs, of the way their brain is wired, which is so important. The way somebody else acts is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of their own inner world do they care enough isn't as empowering of a question in this scenario as how do I feel about what this person is offering me? Is it something I'm interested in? If your self-worth meter was at a 10 and you weren't making their behavior and their choices mean anything about you as a person and you weren't making judgments or assumptions about what their behavior even means... Would this be the kind of person or a situation you'd want to choose intentionally? For some, dating someone and seeing them once every other week and dating multiple people is perfect and that's exactly what they're looking for. For somebody else, they might want something more regular. Maybe you want a friend that wants to hang out more, who wants to text you more. You get to decide what you're looking for and then be open to exploring if this person in front of you is a match for that, without any of the mind drama of making it about you and your worth and value, because that's always set at 100%. And once we've challenged our initial interpretation of the person's behaviour and realised that it's not actually true, the problem can often evaporate. Not always. Sometimes there will be deal breakers of things we want this person to be doing that they don't do. And that makes it no longer a want match, no longer a shared desire that is going to work for a relationship. But often it wasn't even that thing we wanted. It was the meaning we'd attached to it causing the issue. For example, my client who wanted her partner to bring her coffee, Once she challenged her interpretation of that and realized he did in fact care about her and showed it in many ways the coffee wasn't actually that important it wasn't a deal breaker she could totally enjoy the relationship and love him and appreciate all the ways he did show his love and care for her and finally i want to bring attention to how our brains are often huge hypocrites We're so focused on how they are acting towards us. Are they behaving in ways that can sufficiently reassure my brain that I'm worthy and valuable? If not, how dare they? How terrible of them for not doing that. And then we end up not being very caring towards them. We don't care enough to get curious about what's going on in their brain, what's going on for them in that moment, how they're feeling and the feelings that are creating their behaviour we end up displaying the same behavior that we're so judgmental of. We're totally focused on us and what we're getting or not getting from them. So when your brain wants to make judgments on how much others care about you, consider how much, one, you're caring about yourself. How much are you believing that you're worthy of care and loving yourself and believing that you are valuable no matter what? And two, Whether you're actually caring that much about them? Are you assuming the worst in them? Are you using them as a validation vending machine instead of treating them like a unique and perfect human that you love and care about? Okay, guys, there's probably a lot more I could go into on this topic, but I think that's enough for now. I hope this got your cogs turning and I hope it's useful for any and all of your relationships. Partners, parents, friends, these ideas are powerful in all types of relationships. If you like this episode, feel free to give me a little rating or even come tell me on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you all have an amazing weekend and I'll be back this time next week. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs.